LearnToKids.com podcast episode number four. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the LearnToKids.com podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about mental spaces for followers and also leaders to be aware of. And the idea for this content actually came as a stroke of inspiration as I was editing a video for the skin, muscle and bone video that um, we're going to be uploading this week. And I was hearing Sarah describe about the different things to be aware of for the follower. I've heard of these things before. I've known of these things before. I was thinking if I could list these things out and put them out for people to kind of see. And so I wrote them down. I put it out on Facebook and Instagram as a post and it got some good traction. And so I wanted to go ahead and make an audio version of that particular post just to kind of fan the flames of this particular piece of content because it isn't something that's talked about a lot at least in my experience from from learning kizomba and so this year these are the spaces that i want to share with you these mental spaces that followers can be aware of and hopefully knowing about these spaces becoming conscious of these spaces will allow you to add a higher level of consciousness of awareness in your dancing as a follower and also as a leader to also be aware that when you are leading or creating a dance, be mindful of the mental spaces that a particular move can put a follower in. So you're more empathetic to what you are creating. And if you are more mindful and empathetic of what you are creating and how you're interacting with the follower, then it's just going to make the connection that much better, the dance much better and, and more mutual versus the opposite extreme of this would be moving around and in uh, inanimate objects, you know? So through hundreds and hundreds of private lessons that I've been blessed to be able to give to followers over the years in kids, the mental space, and I'm not sure if the mental awareness space is the best term, but that's the term that I'm going to use for now. We'll see if it evolves in my brain, but the mental space awareness that a follower can achieve to become a high level and proficient follower is really something quite phenomenal. And I'm thinking of these potential mental spaces to be aware of at any given time for a follower. And so let's go ahead and list out these spaces one by one. I will try to be as clear as I can since it's only audio here that we have on the podcast and there's no visual aids. But uh, if you are an auditory learner or have that skill set, then this should definitely be of value to you. So let's go ahead and jump in. So mental space number one is basically an intention that is felt and that is also seen visually. So this is the easiest because the follower can feel and see the movement at the same time. So In her brain, she's able to feel the touch and that registers in the brain. She's able to use her her eyes, which is also another sense that we have and register the combination of those two inputs from touch and sight and register 
the particular move yeah so i guess in this sense as well um it's just easier because we have two impulses two intentions sight and touch that are enabling the move yeah so this could be something as simple as a leg lift for a follower and let's say the leader places the top of his knee under the follower's thigh and gives it a lift and the follower is facing the leader so now you can see the follower can see okay he's lifting my leg i feel my leg being lifted and that registers so that's mental space number one which is the easiest yeah moving along mental space number two the leader does something visually but there is no intention felt through the frame or the contact points if there is physical contact and so here there is no lead intention behind the leader's movement and an example of this could be the leader styling on their own if the leader is making physical contact with the follower, either via your standard frame or maybe some other contact points, I feel here it will be super, super important that the echoes of the styling do not get misinterpreted as an actual lead of something. And maybe if the follower is also aware that the leader is styling to something and nothing's being led in that moment, then the follower can also take that as a moment to potentially co-create in some styling as well without adding anything to the frame or the contact points, yeah? And the distinction here between the frame and the contact points is simply because your standard frame is when we are facing one another, yeah? But we could be in a, a T-bone position where we are perpendicular or in a shadow position where we are now behind the follower yeah so different contact points will be used in those different positions and so here the leader is moving without the desire of the follower to do anything the leader isn't trying to communicate anything through the frame yeah all right i'm moving along to mental space number three so here the leader is doing something visually, but there is no intention felt through the frame or contact points if there is physical contact. So same scenario as mental space number two, but the leader is trying to visually communicate something specific from the follower. Because I'm aware in some dances, particularly I know sometimes in Lindy Hop and in Zook, and I think also sometimes in Kiss, a leader can communicate something visually to the follower without making physical contact. So here in this particular instance, not only is there not an intention, a physical intention coming from the leader, the leader is trying to visually get the follower to execute a specific step without contact. Yeah. Not a common mental space, but it's definitely a potential space for a follower to be in. And so if it is something visual, then the leader has to do something to make sure that he's communicating that, hey, I'm trying to execute a particular step or move or intention without physical contact. Yeah. Moving along to mental space number four. Here we have an intention that is felt but not seen. So. Uh, the follower in this particular instance must be able to translate the intention of the lead without seeing the leader. An example of this could be while dancing in shadow position. Shadow position is basically where the follower is in front of the lead. And so the follower cannot visually see the leader, but the leader is trying to communicate. So the follower has to use her senses through the touch 
and what she knows in her dance to translate what she's feeling without any visual cues. So another popular point to indicate and through all of these, yeah, like what is the combination of visual and touch that is being used to communicate something to the follower, yeah? And I remember one thing that Sarah said in the video for Skin Muscle Bone is that you can't always trust your eyes. So a really good leader is going to be able to know how to isolate his footwork, I'm sorry, his or her footwork, and not have it necessarily translate into what the follower is feeling in the frame. But if the follower is picking up that the leader is doing something that they're not doing, then the follower might feel inclined to want to copy what the leader is doing visually. But is that what's being communicated, you know? Or we could have to where the frame of the leader is communicating one thing visually, but then the leader is doing something completely different or something in a different direction. So there are lots of little nuances here, and this will be an awesome part to even take into the kids lab, which is one of our modules on learntokids.com, where we take a concept, we take a move, and we kind of like uh, deep dive into it a little bit and kind of explore that a little bit more, which isn't based on a move or a pattern or anything like that. It's kind of more based around exploration, and there's plenty of space for that in the Urban Kids dance, yeah? So uh, those are the four mental spaces to be aware of uh, for followers in this particular instance, but for leaders to also be aware of. And I had a point number five. Point number five here basically says that and through all of these mental spaces that I listed above, the followers that are really high level can still find a place to add their own style and flow as it pertains to the music that is being danced at the moment, if they so desire. And this goes into the concept of active versus passive following. And I posted this on Facebook and some of my friends were commenting and one of the ladies who's my friend, her name is Sabine out of Copenhagen. She mentioned uh, the terms active and passive. And she mentioned that just because a follower is not actively adding her voice to the dance, it doesn't mean that her mind is passive. Yeah. So I felt there was a moment or space to create a distinction because we definitely have mental activity and then what is actually being added to the dance as far as her voice. So I suggested maybe an active follow is a follower that is actively co-creating in the dance versus and again her mind is active to be able to co-create yeah but even if a follower does not choose to use her voice to co-create and add to the dance it does not mean that her mind is passive it is also very active following all of these different nuances through those mental spaces that i just listed above you know so lots of nuance here and I love having these kind of intellectual conversations around dance because it really just helps open up the dance and give no more nuance to just what you get in some classes where they just tell you to just follow, you know? So um, like I said, this piece of content was inspired when I was hearing Sarah, who has taught with me in some most of the lessons here on learntokids.com, and she was breaking some things down. And I know followers don't always have the voice to speak up in class because there wasn't lesson planning or maybe the leader isn't giving the space for it or anything like that. And 
sometimes um, single male artists traveling the world get used to just teaching on their own and trying to get values of both roles. Um, but I really wanted to create this piece of content to uh, give a shout out to the followers and definitely give you tools to enhance your dancing. I know the pandemic is going on right now. We don't, we're not actually dancing as much as we used to, but I still feel like there's plenty of value uh, to be aware of and being able to level up mentally, you know? So I hope that you enjoyed this piece of content. I'm curious to hear other ideas and experiences that you've had around this concept. Feel free to let me know in the emails. Um, if you want to support this podcast and you found this podcast useful, uh, share us in your stories on Instagram or on Facebook and, and tag me at Mr. Neo Kids. We like to hear those things. We like to see the content being put out there and spread out to the other listeners so we can level up your kids. So once again, this is a podcast brought to you by learntokids.com where we have over 100 lessons available to you across eight modules to level up your kids for leaders and followers. And you can try us out for free for seven days at learntokids.com slash join. I'm your host, Charles Ogar, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you. Take care.